I'm Misty Winkler from Simply Convivial, simply because I try to be clear, straightforward, and honest. Convivial, because my aim is a cheerful, lively home together with my people. Episode 3. You're listening to the Simply Convivial audio blog, short but meaty segments to keep you focused and in the game as a homeschool mom. Atmosphere makes up one third of our education efforts, and Convivial sums up the home and education lifestyle that we're after. Lighthearted, festive, together, full of life, and yet rich and meaningful. Add a dash of simple to keep it real and manageable, and you have Simply Convivial. I'm all about classical education in our homeschool, but that's because I think that the best minds from the beginning of history have been wrestling with the same questions that we homeschool moms do. How do we make lifelong learners? How do we teach our kids not only what is right, but to love what is right and do it? How do we do that ourselves? How do we know what is most important to do with our limited time and energy? Joining that conversation is something we can all do, regardless of the label that we choose. Let's do it. For the first season of the Simply Convivial audio blog, I'm revisiting one of my favorite series, the Education is for Life series, where I take the principles of classical education and apply them to the home and our lives as mothers. This series was inspired by a set of webinars by Dr. Christopher Perrin, which you can find along with a set of pretty printable commonplace entries for all six Latin mottos that go with these posts at simplyconvivial.com slash audio. That's simplyconvivial.com slash audio, where you can also sign up to receive the show notes and links by email every week. And now, the meat. All of life is repentance. Fortiter, fideliter, forsen feliciter, or repentance, part of the Education is for Life series. This series began when I was listening to Dr. Perrin's webinars on the principles of classical education. I realized that these same principles that are key to classical education are simply key to life. And if they're key to both life and education, then doesn't that emphasize how education is simply a subset of life itself? Education is a life, Charlotte Mason said, and education is also for life. It enhances life, and it lasts a lifetime. So, I set out to write about these principles, applying them to our life at home as mothers, modifying and combining and abridging slightly Dr. Perrin's eight principles into six, giving each one a Latin motto and a summary English word. The Latin motto I found that goes with repentance, I found with the aid of Google. But when I saw it, I knew it was perfect. Fortiter, fideliter, forsan feliciter. Bravely, faithfully, perhaps successfully. There are versions that leave off the forsan, which means perhaps, but it was that forsan that drew me immediately in because it keyed into a vague notion that I'd been pondering, the idea of focusing more on the process, on doing what I should do, and leaving the results, the outcome, to God. The world recommends setting SMART goals, specific, measurable, actionable, realistic, and timely. In these goals, the focus is on achieving measurable results, 
But doesn't the Bible focus more on obedience and trust? And aren't so many of the things that we strive for as mothers and home educators not exactly measurable? Sure, getting dinner on the table or taking the kids to the dentist can be accomplished as SMART goals, but those are only small parts of a bigger vision and part of a goal that is not at all measurable and not all that specific and definitely not timely. The long-term goal of raising healthy, happy, godly children. Fortiter fideliter for san feliciter. The motto means bravely, faithfully, perhaps successfully. What I love about this motto is the reminder that so often the results are not in our hands. We are called to obey faithfully, but God gives the increase, in His time, in His way, and it often doesn't look like what we expect. We can't control how things will work out, but we can control whether or not we obey right here and right now. We can trust that God will work it all out in the end. Repentance. I love this quote by George Grant. True education is a form of repentance. It is a humble admission that we've not read all that we need to read, we don't know all that we need to know, and we've not yet become all that we are called to become. Education is that unique form of discipleship that brings us to the place of admitting our inadequacies. It is so easy to get the message from the world that we are supposed to be awesome. And if we aren't awesome, then we need to fix things. Ourselves, our situation, our habits, our tools. We are all only a quick fix away from being awesome. In fact, we were created to be awesome, to reflect God's glory, to subcreate in this world, and to rule it profitably. But sin mars what we were created to be, and any fix that ignores the fact that we cannot fully be what we were created to be will set us up for disappointment. The satisfying life is not the life of super productivity or super health, but one of repentance, of sanctification, of growing in godliness and being conformed to the image of Christ. Martin Luther, in the first of his 95 theses, wrote, When our Lord and Master Jesus Christ said, Repent, he called for the entire life of believers to be one of repentance. Luther then distinguishes between repentance and penance, we are called to live a life toward God, turning from our own sinfulness and selfishness. Repentance is not making up for our guilt ourselves, paying off God with either money or good works. Christ is the only sacrifice that alleviates guilt. Repenting is not living in perpetual guilt or woe-is-me introspection. It is faithfulness. It is obedience. It is listening to and believing God rather than ourselves and how we may feel. Repentance is not sackcloth and ashes living. It is abiding in Christ's will rather than our own. Abiding in Christ is our joy and our strength. No, we can't do it perfectly, but the answer is ever turning away from our own sin and toward Christ. That is repentance. Repentance is bravely and faithfully changing our attitudes, changing our perspective, changing our actions, whenever we are made aware that they are not aligned with God's word, his revealed will. It is hard, but it is life-giving. Repentance at home. Repentance in our homes encompasses everything, not only our own personal sanctification. Even housework, in a way, is a small ritual of repentance. If we adapt George Grant's quote, we might say that it is a humble admission that we are not as orderly as we should be, that we are inadequate keepers of our domains. 
That doesn't mean that we stop trying. We bravely continue in faithfulness, even when we don't measure up or feel like a success. We can see our homes as a picture of our own hearts. They do not naturally tend toward order and rightness, but are always being pulled by entropy toward disarray if we do not actively attend to them. Just as we need to daily pick up the house, wash the dishes, and wipe the tables, so we need to daily receive forgiveness, turn from our selfishness, and pursue faithfulness despite our failures. Though justification is a once-for-all event, sanctification is made up of these small repentances, little bit by little bit, always again and again. When we feel the weight of mundane housekeeping bearing down upon us, we can remember that our call is bravely to be faithful in it, not to be successful in it necessarily. Our life is a vapor and so is our housekeeping. We aren't meant to get it all done once and for all. We are given a stewardship, a caretaking office, to continually put back to rights our domains, our homes, our personal lives, our relationships. Repentance in schedule. We are called to make the most of our time here on earth, but that often does not look like how we might assume it should. Things so often do not go the way that we plan them to, even when our plans are sincerely made for good. Yet we know that nothing comes to us by chance but from God's fatherly hand. That means that God is the one ensuring that our lives do not function according to our plans. And it's for our good that we may trust him more and not trust in our own abilities. God wants us to know that we are not in control. Our job, our calling, is perseverance, not control. God calls us to faith, not to living out a formula of good works that guarantees the outcome we desire. God is weaving a story, and we act our part and trust that the author will work it out to his praise and glory by the end, even when we don't see it in the here and now. And that sounds great in the big picture vision, but it comes crashing in too close to home when we realize that it applies even when the toddler is calling from the bathroom while we're in the middle of helping with a math problem and our coffee sits untouched on the counter next to the pile of yesterday's dishes. That's not according to plan, but it is a chance to repent to bravely, faithfully put one foot in front of the other and continue in obedience. Repentance is not wallowing in feeling inadequate. Repentance is looking to God, admitting we are inadequate, praying that he will work good despite us, and just doing what we can do without snapping the children's heads off or our own. Repentance as a mother. Oh my! Is there ever a life more fraught with conviction than raising up children who are with us all day every day? We love to jump to conclusions about bad influences in their lives, but what about when we are the primary influence in their lives? Children are more than mirrors of our own faults. Children are magnifying glasses, taking the fault that we have masked in socially acceptable ways and showcasing it so it's obvious and in your face. Our children's sins are often immature reflections of our own sins. But this is a blessing to us. It allows us to see ourselves better, giving us opportunities to peel away our own self-deception. A mindset of repentance is a mindset of, it starts with me. Whenever correcting our children, we should always stop and correct ourselves first. I don't know how many times that I have snapped harshly and irritably that a child needs a better attitude. These children and their problems are given to us to sanctify us. Let us embrace this life of repentance. Let us bravely face our inadequacies, 
faithfully following the path before us, trusting God and not our own efforts for the increase. God can feed 5,000 with five loaves, and he can take our dismal efforts to obey and transform us, others, and the world through them. Now for the Simple Sanity Saver segment. This season, we're talking all things brain dump. If you've never done a brain dump before, you can find my free guide at simplyconvivial.com audio that will help give you the instructions and guidance you need to make it a thorough and productive brain dump. Once you have a full brain dump, you have a clear head, but you also have a notebook full of random bits some vitally important, and some trivial. Now what? Now you process. Before you can process, you need to have a planning system in place so that you can trust that you won't lose that vitally important information. In short, you need a reliable calendar, a place for notes that you will actually look at, and a habit for working through task lists. My program, Work the Plan, walks you through setting up these systems and building the habits of using the system if you need further help there. Processing the brain dump will also take multiple sessions over the course of a week or probably more. It's sort of like you've totally emptied a closet, your brain, and now you have a pile of treasures and junk heaped up in front of you. So it's time to sort through it all and figure out what you're going to keep and what you're going to throw away. So the best first processing step with your brain dump is to go through with a black pen and delete. Toss the trash, delete the unrealistic expectations, cross off the worries, let go of outside pressures. Delete whatever you can. If you aren't sure you should delete it or if you just aren't ready to trash it, There is another option, which we will cover in the next episode's Sanity Saver segment. Find your free brain dump guide at simplyconvivial.com slash audio. Thank you for listening to the Simply Convivial audio blog. If you enjoyed this podcast, I'd love it if you'd leave a rating or review on iTunes. That helps iTunes decide to share it with others looking for homeschool inspiration. Head over to simplyconvivial.com slash review for a quick and easy way to help spread the word. Thank you. And if you haven't already, head over to simplyconvivial.com slash audio for links to the latest episodes, to sign up to receive show notes, and to find this season's free download. Remember, education is repentance. Repent, rejoice, repeat. Repeat.